Welcome, regrets, to this Blackhawks Hockey Ringcast episode 14, exclusively sponsored by Premium Outfitters, Premium Hockey Outfitters at puckhockey.com. That's P U C K H C K Y.com. Use the discount code The Rink to get 10% off of all your orders. Today is Monday, February 5th, 2017, and I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. What's up, Jax? And I am I am joined here by my healed good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Hey, man. <laughs> good to have you back. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. Cool. It's good to be alive. <laughs> and also, we have from the-rink.com, our Rockford correspondent, Mario Terabasi. Hello, sir. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? And together, we are your most trusted sources at the newest hockey, the newest online hockey hangout, the-rink.com. And seriously, these potato heads have to be the unsexiest mob of all time. <laughs> You're included in that, Mario. <laughs> awesome. I'm, we're not, we're I'm not, glad I can make the cut. Yeah, we're not known for our looks, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, today is Monday. Tomorrow, uh, Yesterday, the Blackhawks played Calgary. Or not yesterday, Saturday, they played Calgary. And uh, tomorrow they play Calgary. So uh, that's where we stand currently. So, John, um, what do you think, my friend, since you've, we, we, you, you haven't been able to speak, uh, at least on the podcast, for about two weeks? So what, what are your uh, initial thoughts on what's going on with the Blackhawks? Oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, it just, it's, they just keep going in fits and starts, you know, and, uh, um, it's, you start to get a little excited about them and think that they're making some, you know, gaining some headway and some traction. I think everybody was excited after that Nashville game. And then they go up to Vancouver and, uh, how many goals in that game were redirects? I thought at least two of them were for Vancouver. I Uh, think it was three. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed like they kind of got, they kind of got snake bit and, uh, yeah, it was also, I think it was even maybe even more disappointing that they went into Calgary and, uh, really a kind of a must win game against a, a team that isn't very good. And they got one point, um, you know, but Calgary got the two and, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm still looking for that convincing, um, you know, stretch of play where they, you know, that says that they can be a playoff team. I, I think. You know, the popular mantra on the interwebs now is that when, when Crawford comes back, they'll be a playoff team. And uh, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I mean, we go back and forth on Glass and and, uh, and Forsberg. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure. You know, Forsberg played three very good games, or t- at least two very good games, um, Detroit and um, uh, Nashville. I- I'm not sure Crawford could have played Nashville any better than Forsberg did. And, uh, and I'm not sure Crawford would have stopped any of those redirects in Vancouver. So I'm not sure that Crawford is, you know, he's a good goalie and certainly he's going to, he'll make them a, you know, a tick better. Um, but I'm not sure that, a, that the goalie is, is really the issue right now. Um, uh, you know, maybe they win the, maybe they win the Calgary game if they've got Crawford, cause that was a four, three game, but, uh, you know, and, and we'll see. I mean, Crawford, yeah, I guess he was taking some shots today in Chicago, so we'll see how far away he is. Maybe he's another week to 10 days. Um, but is it going to be too late for the playoffs? Could be. I mean, my yeah, my my impression was before the Calgary game that it was getting to be too late. Uh, I mean, 
they're not gaining it. I mean, they, they lost the Canucks. They didn't get you know they got no points on it. They gained no ground. And a Calgary. I mean, you can't get you can't get one point. You need two points. Yeah. If one point does you no good. You're not gaining any ground. If anything, you you're just treading water, and you can't tread water anymore. Games. They've put themselves in a position where they can't. They really need to win every possible game they can, and they're not doing that. Uh, which is, you know, it's just more to the, you know, the narrative that, or at least from our end, that, you know, maybe it's time to fold it up because I, I don't know that a last last, uh, last second push is going to do any good any for anything. Well, you know, I, one last thing I want to say on this topic, and, and I mean, there's a lot of people saying, well, you know, they can make the playoffs if they get Crawford back, they can make the playoffs. And I almost feel like making the playoffs becomes almost a, a an illusion or a smokescreen that 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 tells a certain segment of the fan base that this team is still really good and still you know the role is still going on. And I feel like if the team this team makes the playoffs, they're going to get absolutely destroyed in the first round. But yet it'll be enough to sort of reinforce, you know, really give give Bowman a free pass. Um, and when in reality, what they really need to be looking at doing is not this, you know, continuing this slow slide to mediocrity. And I know one of the questions we've got coming up um, goes right to this. But, um, but you know, what can they do to really turn this thing around? And, I mean, big things can they do to really turn this thing around. And they're not going to do them if everybody's happy with another first-round playoff appearance. They, they won't do it. The, you know, they're, they're business people. They're not stupid. As long as there's enough people out there willing to buy it, they'll keep selling it. Yep. It's that simple. Yeah. I don't know. Mario, did you get to see the, the uh, any of the last couple of games? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was able to catch a, most of the Calgary game and, and Vancouver game. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. It's, they're in a position where, um, you know, they're, they're playing teams. One, Vancouver, they should have beat. Um, in, in the current stretch, Vancouver has been pretty poor at home. So that should have been an opportunity for them to gain two points. They didn't. Um, and then against Calgary, a team that's, um, you know, still out of the playoff picture, but ahead of Chicago, um, you, like you guys said, you have to get two points. You can't just get one and still give Calgary two. So you still, you still, you know, you're still not get, getting anything out of it, no. even though you, you get a point. Um, so I mean, it's it's weird. They're in this this limbo where it's like you still they still have the pieces that you want to believe can make a push, um, but it's like you said, what is the pu- what does the push do? Do you get into the first? Do you do you you know potentially fight and get into the wild card one or two spot? And then you know face face Winnipeg or Vegas in a in a first round series. Like <clears throat> to be honest, I'd rather I'd rather them. And I've come, I've I've come to the uh, uh, to the realization that they're not going to make the playoffs. And by by doing that, I've also come to grips with like okay, there's going to be a lot of changes, and it 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 be you know, a new voice in the locker room. It may be, um, you know, new, new, new management. Um, and it, and it definitely should involve, uh, some new players because 
to to keep you know rolling over this this you know you got to keep the core together idea that's kind of what's keeping them keeping them back because yep. you have these you have these big contracts to you know guys that in the past have been superstar level players but now as they age um you know it's you get so many NHL games on your body you know even though you know Taze and Kane are only you know 29 not even 30 yet they've they've both been playing in the NHL since they were 18 19 years old so you know they're already you know 10 11 year veterans so um, you know, as they start to age, it's going to show even more and more. We've seen it with Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. You know how their age is 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 kind of catching up with them. Um, so it's you know a, a a big piece of the of the you know modern day dynasty that was the Blackhawks of the last decade should be moved. Um, and I think that's probably the, that's that's the direction they need to go. Uh, another first round exit, um, especially if if they were to, on a personal note, if they were to lose to the to the Golden Knights in the first round, that would be worse than tearing everything down. I think, <laughs> because yeah. I can't I can't stand Vegas. I've I'm I'm in I'm in the group that keeps saying to themselves, and I know I'm banging my head against the wall because there's no signs of it happening. But I'm the one that's I'm still in the camp that's saying, well, they're an expansion team they'll eventually fall off. And I'm like, well, it's February and they're, you know, almost, they're pretty much at the top of the league. So it's, it's almost inevitable now. So it's, I don't know. It's this weird limbo that, that Chicago finds themselves in that they haven't been in for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, there was, uh, probably like 2011 or whatever when they, when they uh, made the playoffs, but they barely made it. Was it 2010? Yeah, yeah or was, yes, 2011. No, was, yeah, 2011, where they barely made it in on that last yeah, day, and I'm like, in. I'm like, I would rather them lose and not make the playoffs because then that forces the management to have to make some sort of change to make them better. Now they they ended up coming out of it pretty decently, you know, in a couple years with some young players that came up and things like but that. But that was a whole different team, right? Then. Right? Right? And it was much younger. The core yeah. was way younger. They had a lot more to work with. They don't have that much to work with here. Like, if you believe that your core is, you know, your future core is going to be Alex DeBrinkett and, uh, you know, some of these younger guys that are that are coming up and playing, say Vinny Hinnestros, I don't think he's part of the core, but he could be, you know, a, a spot player here or there, whatever, depth down the line, third, third line, you know, third line scorer. You know, if you think some of these guys are going to be your core, like, you need to build around them. Because Kane and Taves and, and Duncan Keith and Corey Crawford aren't going to be around forever. They may not be around through the summer. So you're going to need to be able to, to, to gather draft picks and gather assets and things like that to, to be able to build around these guys. But let me let me give you the ugly downside of that. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. They, they need to go out and, and acquire either through trade or through draft, which they, they don't have the draft picks to do this, but get a couple of young potentially elite players to replace the elite players who've aged you know really out of the out of the um picture like keith i mean they don't have anybody to replace keith please don't say say forceling you know or ruda those are those guys are not going to be duncan keith type players um, yoki haro is the closest maybe, to it maybe maybe could be that kind of player yeah. but chances are he won't be so 
so what they have to do, the, but the other issue is, is they're going to have, they have to somehow figure out how to get rid of Hosa's salary and get rid of Seabrook's salary. And the only way they're going to get rid of either or both of those is literally to bribe another team with exactly the kind of asset that the Hawks need more of. Yes. Think about that. 100%. I agree. 100%. That's the problem. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more about that. Yeah. And, 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 and see, now what I'm thinking is, you know, they don't make the playoffs. They somehow get into a spot where they can, you know, they have a lottery ball, you know, a lottery ball or more lottery balls than another team, whatever, where they can get a chance to maybe move up a little bit and get something higher in the first round where they can, in a deep draft, get some talent because this is supposedly a, a, a very deep draft. Now, I'm not, you know, I don't think that they can go out there and get Rasmus Dahlin, but right. there are some solid, um, and, you know, and Aaron could probably speak to this, but um, there are some solid prospects in there. And, uh, you know, unless you're, you know, unless you're uh, hope or uh, you're you're pinning all your hopes on Dylan Sakura coming in, lighting up the NHL to be the next Patrick Kane, <laughs> like uh, Stan Bowman is. Yeah, I don't know. Did you guys see the play Sakura made today? Yeah, I did. I, uh, it was good. <laughs> I mean, he, he's a good player. I mean, honestly, I'll be I'll be quite honest with you. I'm way more uh, optimistic about uh, uh, Sakura than I was about DeBrinket for sure. Like he's got speed, he's got moves, he makes his own, you know, he makes room for himself. Like he makes plays by himself. He doesn't need someone setting him up all the time. Like I, I, and we saw it in the, in the, in the prospect camp too. Like he made plays happen by himself without having to have help, which is something to bring it wasn't doing. So, you know, he can, I think he can be better than to bring it, but uh, well, I guess we'll see. Right. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, hopefully he doesn't uh, he doesn't look at the Hawks situation and decide that maybe there's something better out there. Because I mean, if 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 they stay in a in a you know weird middle kind of limbo, um, you know, because because he technically could sign somewhere else. Yeah. So you know, it's not just it's not just you know a waiting game until the Blackhawks sign him. It's also making sure that, you know, he still feels like his future is with Chicago. My opinion in this in this situation is this is the perfect time for him to sign with the Blackhawks. They're having a down year. They're lacking talent. They're lacking the same kind of talent he can bring to the team where he can step right in and possibly compete for a spot. I'm not going to say he can succeed and, you know, fix all the Blackhawks problems, but they are lacking something that he has. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're having problems scoring goals. That's what they're having problems. I mean, they have some problems on the back end too, but they, you know, they, it was brought up that they were scoring like two or less goals. in a lot of these games, like they need goals to be scored. They need st- They need goals scored on the power play, which they're not getting, you know, unless Vinny Henestrosa takes care of it for him, which, you know, they, who they knew need a center, they need another center. And I get, and I know Sakura is a center, but I think it remains to be seen what his position will be in the NHL. I mean, a lot of these guys come up playing center and they just can't hack it um, in the NHL and they get and end up getting moved out to wing like Nick Schmaltz probably will at some point. And, uh, you know, I mean, and again, I mean, you watch him play and everything he does says he's a center, but he can't win a face-off for his life. <laughs> it's a problem. I yeah. mean, they're really weak down the middle. And, I mean, um, to, they need some center help. Um you know, defensively up and down the ice, they're still giving up a lot of shots. 
you know, um, that's, that's another issue. That's last couple of years, that's become a big problem. And, and I, you know, I think, I think a big part of it is it's just, they're, they're not able to really implement their system up and down the ice and they're missing Hosa too, big time. Yeah. You know, I mean, he kept, he helped keep a lot of shots down and, uh, he's gone now, you know? Yeah. So, well, the good and the bad there, uh, you know, it, it's a plus and a minus in, in this situation is that some of the young guys are scoring. Schmaltz has been scoring. Yep. Henestros has been scoring. Declare scored on the breakaway. Um, and then the game before that to break it and Schmaltz scored. And then, you know, the game before that, uh, you had, uh, you know, goals by Kampf and, uh, Henestrosa. All the young guys seem to be at least producing a moderate amount of goals. But Kane isn't isn't scoring. Taze isn't scoring. Like Sad isn't scoring. You're not getting goals from the guys you you, you figured that you could count on. Yeah, are the guys not, that you now can't count on. So yeah, except Henestrosa's goal the other night was all Kane. You know, um, I mean, credit Henestrosa. He did the exact right thing. He went to the to the left circle and he just waited for the pass and he banged it home and and Kane put it right on his blade. You know. Um, so I mean, Kane Kane's still doing some things out there some nights, but um, yeah, I mean, it is nice to see the younger guys contributing again. I I, I just worry a little bit that it's going to play into the narrative that all is well and and the next generation is coming. And um, there's there's some some players there. You know, DeBrinket's obviously got some skill in certain areas. Duclair is a very athletic player, very exciting to watch. But I don't know that any of these guys are elite players or going to be elite players. I don't think DeBrinket's going to be an elite player. I think he's going to be a good player in, you know, use certain ways. Um, uh, Henestrosa could be a useful player, you know, over the course of his career. But uh, none of these guys are like, you know, Tarasenko's or Patrick Laine's. And that's, quite honestly, the Hawks need a couple of those guys to yeah. come along now. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. Yeah, it's, I mean, I look back on all these games and, like, I don't see... Patrick Kane. I don't see Jonathan Taves. I don't, you know, you don't see a lot of that. They do other things like Taves has been playing responsibly. You know, he's been, he, uh, the one game, you know, he had, he drew two penalties by playing, you yep. know, really nice and aggressive, yep. but, um, he, he, we need, you need goals out of him. <laughs> you need yeah. goals out of a 10 and a half million dollar player. And, yeah. and Kane need, too, you know, like Saad needs to be playing better. I, yeah. you know, he's Saad is really, it's almost like there's some kind of a strange, like, you know, invasion of the body snatchers on this team. It's just, you know, a lot of these guys, cause you know, Seabrook and, and Keith, you can look at them and go, okay, the years are catching up with them. That's what's going on. You can look at Taves and say, he's getting close to 30. He's had the back injury. Um, you know, he, he may be starting to wear down a little bit. But when, when Brandon Saad, who's 24 years old and is a superlative athlete, is starting to kind of is starting to kind of not produce and just sort of disappear, then you start to go, well, you know, and it, it, it goes back to what we've talked about off and on all year. Is it the coaching staff? I don't know. I don't know. But I think it would be wrong to lay it all at the feet of the coaching staff because the lineup is just not as good as it's been in years past. And and you have to hold Bowman responsible for a good portion of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. We've definitely gone back and forth on the Bowman Quenfeld thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think they're both at fault to a degree. Uh, yeah, Bowman for, for certainly what he provides or didn't provide, 
And uh, I'm almost done with my, I, I, I kind of teased this on the last one, I'm almost done with my piece, or at least the first part, uh, on the drafting as far as uh, Stan Bowman goes. And people are going to be, I think people are going to be kind of interested uh, and uh, maybe surprised at what I found in my research. I think you saw that, John. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I, you know, yeah, these guys got to score. I mean, if, if you're going to be taking up, $10 million, you know, on the cap, um, you know, Kane has been pretty solid most of the year. He's gone a little bit quiet and he's getting some assists. So, you know, you could give him a little bit of slack, but Taze needs, you need more production out of him. You do. He's, he's becoming a second line center that, that no one wants to call him a second line center. Yeah. Because and then there's your first line center. Well, yeah. Cause you don't, <laughs> you don't really have a second line center yeah. in the traditional sense. I mean, Anisimov's sort of an okay number three, but he's not real. He's, you know, kind of an adventure in the face-off dot as well. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, the way I've been listing out the lines lately is that I've been listing Kane's line as the first line. Yeah. Cause they're kind of leaned on more heavily to, to do stuff. Um, than that Taves line is right now. I, I think that it's shifted. So, you yeah. know, and, and granted he's been playing with two rookies as well, but, virtually rookies i mean declares virtually a rookie um but still yeah i mean you're jonathan taves you know you're one of the best uh top 100 of all time like you should be able to uh produce something a little better than that so well i mean all right we've talked about the forwards now let's talk about the defense how about uh hashtag free connor murphy right yeah yeah it looks like uh he's gonna sit tomorrow versus calgary uh jan ruda will and uh, michael kempney will will uh will play uh i mean they gave up ruda was in the game kempney was out uh they gave up 39 shots against calgary which i mean calgary is a okay middle of the road team but you shouldn't be giving up 39 shots to him either no um you know, against the Canucks, they didn't give up a lot of shots, but I mean, whatever. Like you said, there were a lot of uh, a lot of redirected goals. So, <clears throat> so you're going to see Connor Murphy, and then you're going to see the rink, the dash rink dot com's uh, favorite goalie of all time, Jeff Glass again. Uh, so that will be uh, I- interesting to say the least. I mean, John, you so it's. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, John, you, you had, you had your little say so about uh, Jeff glass and got a little bit of a blowback on it. As far as, you know, are (laughs) the Blackhawks, are the Blackhawks, you know, bungling this situation with, and and you bring up great point because are you putting Jeff glass out there? Is he giving you that much more than Anton Forsberg while you're then basically screwing with the head of Anton Forsberg. You're giving him the, the Trevor Daly treatment. You're giving him the, the Antoine Vermette treatment uh, go, you know, so forth and so on that we've well, seen before. He's, he's not giving you more than Forsberg. I mean, statistically it's, it's not a huge uh, golf, but, but statistically Forsberg is slightly better than glass goals against average safe percentage. He's also played a lot more than glass has. Um, and this isn't to say that Glass is a bad guy. This isn't to say that Glass doesn't work hard. This isn't to say that Glass isn't a good teammate, et cetera. All that's, all that's true, I think. Um, but the, you know, the big difference is this, is that if you 
if, if when Crawford comes back, you have to send Forsberg down um, to keep Glass on the team. Gay, you and I were talking about this today. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna claim him. Yep. He's twenty five years old. He's six foot three. He has some talent. Um, Glass is thirty two. And we went around and around with somebody this weekend about, well, you know, goalies can get better past age 32. Yeah, they can. But, I mean, come on. very rarely. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the examples this person used were Hall of Fame goaltenders. It's yeah. like this guy's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. When you know? you're talking about Hall of Fame goaltenders that started their career at 19, they kind of, it's not that they got better. It's that they kind of maintained. They were already having Hall of Fame careers. And they just maintained longer. It's not that they magically showed up in the NHL and magically became Hall of Fame goaltenders in their 30s. Other than Tim Thomas, which is a very, very rare exception to the rule, this doesn't happen. I I remember how Tim Thomas played, and I've seen Glass play. And, you know, Glass, give him credit, he's a battler, but I mean, he's all over the ice. He flops around like a bass, you know, and uh, Glass the bass. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, I mean, and it, it, you know, God bless him. He, you know, he, he's out there. He's, he's he's a great story. It's very inspirational. But Forsberg is a guy who, um, you know, he's 25 years old. He um, when he gets in a groove, he's really good. Um, he's had a, a couple of bonehead puck handling decisions that have plagued him, and uh, he had one bad game, and I forget which game it was, where he gave up like five or six. Other than that, he's been really good, and and I'm telling you, if, if they have if they send him down in order to keep Glass around, somebody would claim him. So basically, that's a, a pretty big piece from your Sod Panera trade. You'd be losing. It just doesn't make a lot of sense because he's 25. He can get better, especially yeah. especially you know with Jimmy Wade and and playing a lot more. Um, my personal belief is the reason they're playing Glass is I think they're I, I think they're auditioning him for other teams. They'd like to see Glass hook on with somebody else, um, because you know he's he's there's especially if Crawford comes back, what's Glass gonna do? You know, so yeah, yeah I mean the 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 choices are send him down, he goes back down to Rockford, and then plays behind JF Baruby again. Maybe which, or you know maybe he plays ahead of Baruby. I don't know. Yeah, but, I, I don't know. I don't. I but, just think I think if they send Forsberg down, Forsberg's probably gonna get claimed, and and what have you gained then? Other than some people who like glass on Twitter being vindicated, it's stupid. Well, yeah, and and yeah, well, you know they were worried about Tanner Carroll getting picked up on waivers. Tanner, if if if, if their fourth line <laughs> center possibly they could have you know depth center could have possibly been picked up on waivers. Their twenty five year old future goalie, you know, future starting supposed future starting goalie could will get picked up on waivers. And um, you may say all, you know, all the, the quote unquote glass holes may, <laughs> may, may be very happy about that. Oh, Flushburg's gone. He was the, he was the reason we were, you know, bad, blah, blah, whatever you're, but that doesn't make your team any better. And especially no. in the future, because well, that's you're the thing. Let's, Cause look at the organizational depth after Crawford. Um, and we'll come back to that in a second, but after Crawford, you have JF Barube, who's about, you know, five foot 11, um, he's, he's not a guy who's really got much of an NHL future. Probably. Um, you got, you've got glass, you've got, uh, Delia who may never play in the NHL. Um, you've got, uh, Tompkins, uh, what's Tompkins, the kid from Ohio state mm-hmm. who's big, but I, I don't know much about how he plays. Um, you know, 
you you really need a guy because if if you don't have Forsberg around, then the drop off in your organization after Crawford, a guy who, if we're to believe the reports, has post concussion syndrome. Um, you know, you need you need somebody there who's got who's got a credible NHL game and a, a guy there with a credible NHL game um, who's not 32, 32 years old and and a rookie. Yeah. I mean, it, let's get real. So. Fine. If you don't like Forsberg, then you better go out and find another good, young, developable goalie like him because you don't have it. No, I mean, the, the the young goalies in the system are better than they were like when the yes. summer began. Yeah. You know, Delia's sure they're 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 trying to you know work him along. They're working him through the system, you know, and, and he's getting better. That's great. But he's not ready for the yeah. NHL. And right. he may be two years before he could be ready for the NHL. And. You know, Baruby again, he's, you know, I think I, I'm a Baruby fan. I don't think he can carry the, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks to the Stanley Cup. I think he could be a yeah. pretty good backup or 1B guy, you know, kind of in the darling mode yeah. was. Um, Glass is, is fine as a backup. If you want to have a 32-year-old rookie as a backup, okay, fine, so be it. But uh, you're, you need to develop young goalies, and you're the only one that they have that um, – you know, other than Delia and 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 Tompkins and that is is the huge question mark of the nail him off over in the KHL. Yeah, if you're gonna pin your hopes on some guy in the KHL who may or may not show up in the NHL, who when he played his one NHL preseason game got lit the hell up in his first period, yeah. you're you're playing with fire, man. That's your job. That's yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, and I don't mean to be down on Delia or down on Tompkins. Um, you know. Uh, like I'm one of the biggest Ohio State fans on the planet, but I, but it, the bottom line is, we don't know. You just don't you don't know if these guys are going to make it to the NHL or not. You can you can people do all this projecting about all these guys you know below the NHL level, but until you see them in the NHL, it, it remains to be seen whether they're going to make it there or not and do well once they get there. Um, again, with a guy like Forsberg, he's got he had you know again people talk about well. You know, he's no darling guy. He, you know, he ain't no darling. Hey, you know, when when Darling when Darling came to Chicago, he had a worse resume than Forsberg had when he came. Forsberg had won a Calder Cup in the AHL the year before. Um, so I mean, the bottom line is uh whether it's it's you know, it's it's Darling in twenty fifteen or it's Forsberg this year, the Hawks need that young, developable goalie around who has a credible NHL game right now. They need that guy around, and and I don't. Glass is not that guy. I mean, fine. You want Glass to be your backup for the rest of this year, and then next year he's thirty three. <laughs> it's like it doesn't make any sense. Well, next year he's thirty three, and he doesn't have a contract either. Right. That's the other thing. And maybe that's what they're doing. You know, maybe there's because Quinville apparently said. I was just looking at the twitters, and Quinville apparently said somebody that said to somebody that that Glass and Forsberg have been identical, quote unquote, identical in terms of their play while Crawford's out. Okay, fine. If, if that's how you see it, and, and there's an argument for that, but then what? But then, again, uh, it, I I feel like what they're trying to do is they're just trying to to help Glass out and audition him so so he can hook on with another team. Because I just can't see the logic of getting rid of Forsberg to keep Glass. It just it's not a smart long term move. No, it's not at all. It that's that's yeah. one of the dumbest things you could do. Yeah, because I mean. As I said, um, Jeff Glass is more Andrew Hammond than he is Patrick Waugh or, uh, you know, Martin Brodeur. Yeah. 
He is yeah. the you know he is the hamburger hamburger. He's the story yeah. that's gonna you know like right now people are going who who's the hamburger Well, you know what? What was it? Two years ago, he was the huge yeah. story. People were throwing hamburgers yeah. on the ice for this guy because he was just on this insane like streak. Did it win him the Stanley Cup? Nope, sure, certainly didn't. Because and if and if that's what you're gonna count on getting from Jeff Glass a first round loss out of it. Well, I don't think that I don't think that's that really gains you anything. It yeah, gains Jeff him West maybe another chance. In the playoffs. It, it gains him maybe another chance in the NHL. It doesn't gain the Chicago Blackhawks anything. Yeah, and if that's what they're doing, that's great. I have I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think it's a classy thing to do actually, and it doesn't kill Forsberg either. You know, to do that if they're trying to help Glass, you know, hook on with another team. Um, you know, who knows? You know, maybe Forsberg's dinged up a little bit too. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Mario, you got anything anything to add on this goalie thing? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's the way I see it is outside of, you know, if, if if injuries didn't occur in the time frame that they did, Jeff Glass was not the number one option to come out of Rockford when Corey Crawford went down. It would have been uh, J.F. Berube. But Berube was, was hurt, I think, within the same week that Crawford went down. Yep. So it ended up being, um, you know, Jeff Glass's opportunity to, to go up to Chicago and, you know, for, for his sake, yeah, he's made the most of it, but um, it, that's, that's not going to get you into the playoffs at all. Um, you know, if, if, if Crawford uh, gets healthy enough to come back and in, in a time frame where um, the Blackhawks aren't essentially eliminated, or too far away from from a playoff spot, then you know, obviously Crawford's playing time, it would be worth it to see him be healthy, get back out there, get back in the locker room. Maybe that brings a little bit of of you know pep in the steps of some of the uh, you know quote unquote core guys. Um, maybe that makes an impact to have Crawford back. But um, you know if he's if he's if he's a uh, you know not healthy enough um, in a reasonable time frame, there's no there's no need to to rush him for anything. Um, so I, I I think if they're gonna go Forsberg Glass and you just you just ride that out, maybe they you know maybe they are they're auditioning Glass for uh, potentially a, a trade deadline move. I don't know if there's anyone that would trade for a Jeff Glass, but if they feel like they might have an opportunity to to do that. Um, and maybe get a, a late round pick yeah. or, um, I wondered or, if they were know. like hoping for like a seventh round pick or something for him. Yeah. And, I, and just again, to I, grab something. Yeah. That's possible. It's possible. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you guys. I'm going to hit you guys out of left field. I'm going to, I'm going to infuriate you both with this. Everybody's favorite beat writer. I just saw a tweet that came through everybody's favorite beat writer. Uh, got the question. Could we see glass get the nod is a backup when crow returns? And our favorite beat writer replies with Quenville did not give a straight answer on that today, but obviously the Blackhawks are more invested in Forsberg than glass at this stage of their careers. So it's super unlikely they'd expose Forsberg on waivers. And then, uh, then, then there was another reply that says, uh, if they're invested in Forsberg, why do they keep starting glass? Isn't this to the detriment of Forsberg? I'd love to hear your input on this. Yeah, I'd love to hear your input on this. Then then our favorite beat writer once again replies with, they're still trying to make the playoffs this season. Q is riding the hot hand whenever he feels there is one. 
Glass has played as well as Forsberg. Neither has run away with the job in Crawford's absence. <laughs> this is what's been going on for the last like yeah. month. Uh, I just thought you guys would enjoy that. Get your blood pressure flowing a little you bit. Know, if 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 all if if all things were equal, if both of these guys were twenty seven years old, you know, I, I would, I would say, yeah. I mean, it does. It's a, that's exactly it. Neither one of them has outplayed the other. Substance, you know, substantively, sure. Just keep you know playing one or the other, you know, for a couple of games until somebody gets hot and takes it. But the bottom line is, this has gone on for a while. One of these guys is thirty two, the other one is twenty five. The other one you have, you did invest in in a pretty significant trade where he was a fairly significant piece in that trade. And you, I think they went out and got him because they felt like he was the guy that they could develop behind Crawford. Um, and I haven't seen anything to say that he isn't that guy. Um, you know, he's, he's played pretty well in a number of games this year that were big games, too. Um, so it kind of doesn't make sense unless, the unless again, I, and I, I feel like, this is about sort of finding a new home for glass when Crawford comes back. That's, that's kind of what I think is going on. Well, yeah. It, it, the, the one other thing too, with, with Forsberg is Forsberg and glass 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 is a free agent at the end of the year. Forsberg is an RFA and he, but he's still, um, he's still signed for another season. So they have him cost controlled and then they're, they're going to have him. you know, they're going to have his RFA rights after that. Which is, you know, ideally with with all the trades and moves that they've all made, this is what they were going for cost, you know, cost effective and under, you know, under their control and, uh, you know, signed to longer deals. That's why they got rid of Johnerson, uh, you know, for Murphy. And that's why they, you know, the Panarin and Saad thing. Saad was, you know, under that contract for a longer period of time and younger. So it may it would make sense if they were to you know, invest in Forsberg like they say they were going to. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) ah, it's infuriating. You can't explain it to people who've got it stuck in their heads that Jeff Glass is the next Martin Broder or so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's that Patty Roy guy. So, all right. Well, I don't, I don't want to belabor that the goalie thing for too long. I think we've talked about it long enough. So, um, since we got Mario on the line and you know, his area of expertise is Rockford. We haven't done really a Rockford report in a while. So, um, I know we've been, we've had it on the site, but let's get it on the podcast. I mean, uh, what, what's going down in, uh, in Rockford, Mario? Um, well, uh, I mean, this last weekend they had a, uh, you know, a pretty good opportunity. Um, you know, I, I wrote about it, uh, uh, yesterday, they had a pretty good opportunity to, um, not only gain some ground in their own division, um, but also to, uh, create a little separation, uh, in the middle of the AHL central division with, uh, games against Manitoba, um, and the, uh, the Chicago Wolves. Uh, they lose in overtime against Manitoba and then they, uh, kind of let the game get away from them against the, uh, against the Wolves on Saturday. So in an opportunity to gain four points, they only got one out of it. Um, so that currently keeps them in fourth place in the, uh, in the AHL central division, Manitoba, obviously uh, at the top, they've been one of the better teams in the entire league this year. 
Um, they're at uh, 67 points, a point seven two eight points percentage. Um, Chicago has been uh, since I believe December first going into the game on Saturday were eighteen five and five. Um, so they've been one of the hotter teams uh, recently. They're in second place, fifty six points, a point five nine six point percentage. Um, uh, Iowa and Grand Rapids are tied uh, with 54 points apiece. Rockford also has 54 points, uh, but it goes Iowa, Grand Rapids, Rockford based off of, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Iowa, Rockford, Grand Rapids um, based off of points percentage, uh, third, fourth, and fifth. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's all tied up, you know, 56 <laughs> points uh, for second place, 54 uh, points apiece for third, fourth, and fifth place in the, in the division. So they had an opportunity to maybe, um, you know, gain a little separation between, uh, between them and Chicago, but, uh, kind of, kind of let that go, go, uh, uh, by the wayside, they get back in action on Wednesday against San Antonio, um, who's in the middle of the Pacific division at fifth place. So, I mean, they, they have opportunities. Um, they've, they've been playing pretty well, um, you know, I was going to say, speaking of, of uh, goaltending situations, um, you know, Rockford's been relying on, on Colin Delia and, and Matt Tompkins uh, for the better part of two months now since uh, Jeff Glass and J.F. Berube have been um, have been out of the lineup for, you know, obviously different reasons. Berube has been injured, uh, lower body injury he went out with in early December, and then uh, that, you know, allowed Jeff Glass to get the call up Mm-hmm. Um, once Corey Crawford went down around the same time frame, um, so uh, Delia and Tompkins they've been they've been performing well enough. Um, Delia started off uh, when he was put into the starting role, kind of um, in a bit of a it was it was statistically <laughs> um, what you wouldn't want to see really. I think his his save percentage was hovering around like eight point or point eight two and. Um, his goals against was about a, a three and a half, something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he's actually, as of late, really, uh, really turned it around. Um, he had a, he had a stretch of games where, um, you know, I think in the last, uh, I believe in the last eight appearances, he is, uh, or no, in the last nine appearances, he's six, one and two. Um, so he's, he's really, uh, you know, as of late kind of found his, found his way. Um, he's still, you know, hovering around the, the low threes and, uh, in an 88%, uh, save percentage. So still not great, but, um, you know, he's, he's definitely, uh, kind of turned it around as, as the calendar has gone around. Um, Matt Tompkins has been, um, not as, not as great, but I mean, you, you think, it, you think about it, these are two guys that to start the year, they were going to be you know, the indie fuel, yeah. you know, goal under tandem. So kind of, uh, you know, thrown into the AHL a little bit, er, you know, earlier than the Oregon would have liked to have them, have them be there. So um, for, for the situation as it is with, with Rockford and, and with Chicago's goalies, um, Tompkins and D'Elia have, have done enough to, uh, you know, keep the Ice Hogs, uh, in, in, in the hunt, in the division and, and in the conference, um, you know, it, 
for them offensively to uh, have to put up three, four, five goals a night. Um, but the good thing is they have a roster that, uh, for the most part, has that ability, um, you know, from 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 time to time to, to put up big right. goals. Um, they've been uh, they've been led by uh, Matthew Highmore, who was a uh, an AHL All Star, a replacement for Vince Nostroza. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Lewis, second on the team in points. He's you know he's been really rock solid in his first full year uh, with Rockford, and um, you know these these guys have uh, have come in. They, it seems like the team being that they're uh, I think they've had 12 I, I've actually lost count it's this 12 or 13 uh, rookie AHL rookie players that have been pretty much regulars in their in their lineup all season um, so for having such a young roster and a new coach I feel like a lot of the the new guys are are able to buy into uh, to Jeremy Colladin's um, coaching style his philosophy he wants to be you know high energy um always you know always uh in the opponent's face um focusing a lot on on speed and and skating ability to be to be difficult to play against whereas you know it seemed in the last few years chicago's adept in in their in their focus on being difficult to play against was having guys like Brandon Mashinter and, and and Brandon Bolick. Yeah. Uh, guys that were, you know, you know, big bodied, played physical, guys that, you know, really were, you know, the AHL uh, big bodied players that you'd want, but really had no national hockey league future ahead of them. Whereas you, you look up and down the lineup with, with Rockford right now, both offensively and defensively, they have some solid players that are young that show a lot of potential and you know, with with the organization in the uh, in the state that they are in right now, could could find themselves with some opportunities with the Blackhawks. Um, you know, maybe later this year or into next year. You can already look at the 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 Blackhawks roster now and look at guys like like Eric Gustafson and, and David Camp and and Vince Nostroza, guys that have come in and played significant minutes. And and as far as Nostroza goes actually made a, a pretty significant impact. Um, so it's, it's, they're, they're in a good spot uh, as, as a, as a, you know, minor league feeder system for Chicago. They have a lot of, a lot of potential right now in their lineup. And, um, you know, it, it, it's obviously it's, uh, they're good. They're, they're going to be a focus as we near the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys, that are there now, like a, like a Tanner Caro or, um, you know, Cody Franzen, Gustav Forsling. These are guys that you got to, you know, keep an eye on and see what Chicago's plans are. Yeah. You know, with Franz, with, with Franzen, it's, it's so weird because he, it's, he's really not the guy that was playing so bad that it was just like, well, we can't, we have no use for him with the, with, with Chicago's defensive group. Um, at least, at least in my eyes. Um, and you know, he's, he's, he's been in Rockford now for, for, uh, almost a dozen games. Um, he's looked, he's looked fine. Um, for, you know, from, from everything that I hear, he's been, he's been a, a good influence, um, on the team, on, on the younger guys, kind of giving them an, a, 
a look at what it takes to, you know, be a, be a professional and, and, and carry yourself. Cause mm-hmm. he's, he's been around the block for a couple of years now, but he's definitely voiced his displeasure with, with, with the situation that he's in. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if he's, you know, he's only on a one-year deal, if, if, if he's a, a trade piece, I'm sure that there's some NHL teams that could find a spot for him in their NHL roster. Yeah. Um, same thing with, same thing with Tanner Caro. I mean, maybe the ship has sailed with, with Caro in Chicago and um, I'm sure there's, there's an organization that could use him as a, as a bottom six forward. It's just, you know, maybe what, what the deal might be that's, that's out there. Um so I'm going to be working on something um, here in the next couple of days as the trade line, as the trade deadline starts, uh, you know, starts creeping up on us, and you know, what yeah. Rockford might have to uh, to offer for Chicago in in any kind of uh, situation. Awesome. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Thanks a lot, Mario. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, if you're not following Mario, you better be Mario underscore Tarabasi. Um, he he nails all of the stuff for. Uh, Rockford Ice Hogs for us. So, a, a, a good story that we didn't we didn't really mention it, but Carl Dahlstrom has come back from the dead to come to mm-hmm. be a, a pretty good prospect down there in in the AHL, which is good because as far as the Blackhawks go, they don't have a whole lot of young defensemen that have size, and and he's one of them. So, you know, yeah, and and you know he's and he knows his role as a as a defensive. Uh, focused defenseman he knows his role with the organization is to be you know a guy that's um, going to be more of a shutdown guy um, you know his his job is not necessarily to jump in and and jump into the brush and, and, and create offense but um, he's he's done a, a very good job of um, you know being able to when uh, when the time comes jump in and, and actually produce a little bit and that's something that they didn't see with him uh, last year, you know, he was, he was very defensively uh, focused, mm-hmm. but then coming in this year, he's, he had, he had a stretch, uh, he had a stretch of, uh, about a dozen games where, you know, he had a, you know, 10, 11 points in that stretch and was really, uh, helping out, keeping the offense, uh, going through that stretch. So, um, you know, he's 24, 23, he's like 23, 24, uh, yeah. 23. Yeah. Looking here now I got his uh, player card up here. He's 23. So, you know, he's, he's going to develop a little bit more, um, as the year goes on, uh, he's still young. Um, you know, could be, could be one of those, one of those, uh, pieces that, that Chicago uses down the road. Um, you know, he's, uh, right along with, with Gustav Forsling could be a piece. Um, you know, these guys all playing together, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's interesting to, uh, to see how they're, how they're coming along because when you look at Rockford's defense, obviously Billy Popoka is, is still there. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like he's kind of plateaued as, as an AHL defenseman. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with Vic, Victor Svedberg, you know, he's still there, but I think he's plateaued as a AHL defenseman as well. Yeah, I um, think you're right with yeah but so with you know with with Dahlstrom um with uh uh with Forsling down there obviously he's played a majority uh, of his time with Chicago's uh or with Chicago in his time with the organization so, so I mean I believe his future is obviously with the Blackhawks um 
but you look at, uh, you know, Luke Snuggerud's finally gotten healthy. He's gotten back in the lineup. It was a good sign. Um, Darren Radish, who's uh, <clears throat> coming out of uh, out of the OHL only on an AHL contract. He's actually looked um, looked pretty decent uh, at, at times. Eric Gustafson, obviously, he was a uh, an AHL All Star uh, nominee that that Dahlstrom replaced once uh, mm-hmm. once Gustafson was brought up to Chicago. Um, you know, his time in in, in Rockford was a uh, you know hampered a little bit by injury but when he was on the ice very effective so you know defensively there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of pieces that you know Chicago has in the minor league system that you know could end up coming through and 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 being um being formidable they got Adam Clendenning back so <laughs> I know everyone's super excited about that um <laughs> he he's the Jeremy Morin of defense <laughs> oh for sure yeah well yeah I mean, cool. not, to, not to not to dog him but i mean he's been you know 10 points in 10 games since coming with coming back to rockford so i mean he's he's looked fine but i i can't uh i can't imagine there's a situation where chicago uh uses him as a uh as a defenseman for the blackhawks rather than um you know maybe flip him in a trade as uh as the deadline comes up here at the end of the month, but you know, who knows? We'll see. Um, but there are pieces down there that, uh, uh, that the Blackhawks could, could get some use out of in, in the next, uh, next year or so. Awesome. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, on the way out the door here, uh, we got a couple of questions. I think we can address them. We, we can wake John up. Someone, someone lean over and nudge him. Oh no, I've just been, I've been <laughs> enraptured at that, uh, Mario's, missives from rockford he does an awesome job so <laughs> he does yeah um well first question uh from jason price he's at first langoon and uh, t- the twitters he says do you think the hawks can successfully pull off a retool on the fly which i hate that fucking term uh and be back to contenders in two to three seasons what do you think john uh in theory yes in practice i think that would be very hard but I also feel like th- that they've got to be thinking about two, three, four years out. And cause the, the, the trajectory of the team, in my opinion, is they're just becoming the, the red wings of the last five years where they're holding on to, you know, old core players who just aren't what they used to be trying to fill in around them with, you know, late round draft picks and, you know, guys from wherever, um, who are okay, but they're not, uh, you know, the aggregate result is they're not a very good team. And, and that's the Hawks are becoming that. Yeah. Um, so they, the, but the big problem the Hawks have, and, and I, I alluded to it earlier, is that they've got uh, two or three contracts that are, <clears throat> you know, Hosa's contract is dead. And Seabrook's contract is, is an albatross with a, you know, a, a third, a third pairing defenseman attached to it at this point. And, they're going to have to find a way, I think, in order to meaningfully retool to move those contracts, free up that cap space, and then be able to do something with it. Um, and that's going to be the real challenge because it's going to actually cost them assets in order to do that. Um, and at the same time, we also, when you would talk about retooling, you'd really like to be able to draft a couple of young guys who can really come in, you know, say in the you'd say top ten type draft picks, but where are you going to get those picks if you're already trying to move assets to get rid of those contracts? So 
there's no easy answer. Um, yes, in theory, they can do it. Um, you know, you kind of like the Vegas example is really interesting because, um, you know, they did start with a clean slate and no cap problems. And that's that's a big part of it. But, you know, they kind of cobbled this thing together really quickly with essentially cast offs from other teams, um, a couple of overseas free agents. And, you know, they, they brought in Gerard Gallant, who I think has done an outstanding job with that team. Yes, he has. And um, so it, it's doable. But you, I think in order to do that, you've got to really be willing to kind of shake up the paradigm and shake up the inertia of the team. And my, in my opinion, you're going to have to get rid of Stan Bowman and perhaps some other form or some other slice of the front office in order to do that because I think they're way too wed politically to the current structure of the team and the current arc of the team and rationalizing that it's good and it's going to work. Um, and I, I think that they need somebody who's able to come in and look at things dispassionately with no sacred cows and make some hard decisions. Um, and then you can do it. You can do it in two or three years and really come back strong. But um, right now it just seems like they're rationalizing so many things and, you know, kind of like just looking around going, well, what do we do? And somebody's got to come in and do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, because if you're going to if you're going to do this, quote unquote, retool on the fly, reload on the fly, whatever you want to call it, uh, you can't be mishandling things like your future goalie and uh, young players. You, you have to actually methodically handle these situations properly. If you're going to be, you know, fumbling young players around and screwing with their heads and, uh, you know, because like like we said, you're, you're not going to get, um, you know, Patrick Kane just isn't going to show up on your doorstep. The next Patrick Kane and the next Jonathan Taves or the next Duncan Keith aren't just going to show up on your doorstep. You're going to have to draft right. them and develop them because you're right. probably not going to be able to trade for them. So, like, you know, just 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 starting from this, you can't be mishandling young players and development of players the way that they seem to like to do by, you know, being nostalgic to, old, you know, Patrick Sharp or, uh, you know, whatever with with what they did with Seabrook and things like that. You, you can't have it both ways. You know, you either need to make the hard decisions by letting young players go and just continuing to ride out the the uh, the veterans or you need to start working on developing some young talent and not screwing with their heads, not sitting them in the press box, not, you know, holding them back. Uh, if you're going to do that, you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, that's, you know, that's my opinion, but you're not going to get anywhere if you're not helping develop these players properly. So. Well, Jack, yeah, I feel like it, I feel like it comes down to, they need new, uh, new direction. I think up front, I think Quenville yep. has run his course with, with the organization. I think he might, he might do, uh, do himself and, and, you know, probably the organization a little bit of a service and, and maybe just kind of, uh, ride this year out. And then, you know, maybe, maybe, there's nothing more for him to prove, really. I mean, he's 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 won three cups. He's he's not going to catch Scotty Bowman's you know all-time wins record. Um, you know, he he can he can go off and, and have a, a nice retirement and you know do do Benny's commercials for the rest of his life and <laughs> and he'll be he'll be totally fine. Um, you know, they'll I, probably reassign if if they make a move with him. 
they'll probably reassign him because I think he's got at least a couple years left on a gigantor contract. Yeah, you sure, know, so they'd sure. find something else, but and that's fine. Q, I love the guy. I just don't think if you're gonna if you're gonna really retool this thing, and you gotta kind of you gotta kind of take a step step or two back for a couple years, and, and really rely on young players to a degree. I'm not sure Q is the guy to do that. I'm no. not sure he has the patience for it. No. And you know, God love me, looks like he's aged about ten years in the last three years, and and uh, you know, it just it just seems like it it's probably time for a change in behind the bench as well, and you know, get somebody in. And again, we could talk about this stuff theoretically or hypothetically that, yeah, just get some guy in to redo this thing and make it great. Hey, I mean, it's a roll of the dice, you know, yeah. that, so it's not like we're sitting there saying it's going to be easy, et cetera. But this is, this is why John, John McDonough makes the big bucks. Yeah. Right. Or Rocky words is why yeah. he's the owner. These yeah. are executive decisions. Yeah. Sorry, Mario, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, I, that's, that's, I mean, that's what I was, that's where I was going is that, you know, uh, you know, Quenville, he's, he doesn't have the, the, I don't think, uh, that I, or that I've even seen it. He doesn't really have the mentality that, you know, he's going to coach the team through a rebuild. It's, I don't yeah. think that that's going to be anything he's interested in. So, um, no. And then, and then Bowman, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, he's, he's done things well at times and then there, he's done things that have, you know, kind of crippled the team a little bit. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say with, with him. Um, I personally think, you know, his last two drafts have been rather decent uh, with, with potential talent that they've brought in, but obviously the, the track record of the previous, you know, six, seven years wasn't, uh, oh, wasn't yes. too great. So yeah, yeah I'm going to, I'm going to point that out in the next two days. I'm going to point out yeah, just how sure. not great it was. So, so there, that was some awkward foreshadowing yeah, yeah. of articles to come on the rink.com. <laughs> yes. The rink.com <laughs> for sure. But, well, and I agree with you all. I mean, I, I like the, the snide comments that, that we hear about, Oh, well, you know, everybody says that, you know, Joe Quanville doesn't like young players, but look at all these young players that are playing on the team. There's all these young players playing on the team because he, he has no choice. Play them. He has no choice. If it were up to him, he would not be playing young players because there's one thing that Joel Quenville doesn't like mistakes, mental mistakes on the ice. And when yeah. they happen, he will sit you and young players make mental mistakes on the ice. And this is why Connor Murphy's sitting. Exactly. You know? So right, he this does is, this not. This is why Glass is playing yeah. tomorrow night, not Forsberg. Exactly. This is, this is how Joel Quenville operates. He doesn't like mental mistakes. And young players are going to make mental mistakes, and he has no tolerance for that. So by you know, by the grand scheme of things here, he doesn't like young players because they make mistakes. And that's what that's just the truth. That's the fact of the matter. He the only reason he plays as many young players as, as he does is because he's forced to. Bottom line. That's it. And if you could you could come at me all you want about it. Hot taken up and down the rink, but um, yeah, that, that's all the you people line. that dogging me about glass, go dog gate. He needs it. Yeah. Come no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the next question because we're we're getting nowhere. <laughs> uh, Johnny Utah, which is, this is going to fire you up. Johnny Utah on, on the Twitter machine. Uh, he, he's the, uh, Panarin for sod guy. So this is where we're going with this. So sod has been moved to the fourth line. Now I know I said, I wouldn't bring up the Panarin versus sod trade again, but this is one more move that makes it hard not to. It's time. Uh, I think it's time to agree with me that Jomerson and Panarin trades set this team back, which I don't think any of us is 
have kind of disputed that. In the current situation, I think it did set them back. But anyway, well, let me finish this question. Uh, the Saad, uh, the Saad has signed for two more years. Then Panarin is starting to look like it's not aging very well. What do I know? After all these horrific trades that Bowman has made, especially before the season, the Blackhawks need to fire Bowman. <laughs> at what uh, point do they look at moving Taves while his value is still high and with his contract at $10.5 million? And at what point do you just start moving players in their contracts to get picks, cap relief, prospects? This team isn't one or two players away. That's a lot to digest. What do you think? Well, he's in theory, he's right. I mean, and it goes back to what we're saying that they kind of need somebody to come in and take a no sacred cows look at this thing and start to really slash and burn and 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 you know sort of get rid of this logjam. Now, all that said, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of dollars involved here, and you look at a guy like Taves. It's not just on the ice and the salary on the ice, et cetera, but it's also the endorsements and, you know, what he means to the team in the dressing room, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and the sad thing, I, listen, I'm going to reserve judgment on those last two years of Sod's deal until the last two years of Sod's deal. Yeah. Right. When he'll be 27 years old, you know, well, Something's and Panarin will be making, Panarin could be making $10 million by then. Right. $10 million and playing in Vegas. Yeah. And, you know, blue jackets are going to be wishing they had Sod back then. So we'll see. You know, I mean, it's something's going on with Saad right now. I listen. I'm a big believer in Brandon Saad. I, I think he's a good kid. I think he's a real good athlete. I think he's a real good hockey player. It's just you know they they got to get his his mind right and they got to get the mind of the entire team right because like I said, whatever's going on with him seems to be infecting much much of the team. <laughs> or whatever was going on with the team has now infected him yeah, one exactly. way or the other. Yeah, cause exactly. and effect one way or the other. Yep. Yeah, I'm 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 still like, yeah, short term. Yeah. Losing Jomerson and losing Panarin, you lost your goals. You lost your defensive expert. Yes. In the short term, it definitely hurt the team. I don't think we've ever disputed that. We've we've definitely said that in the long. This is a long term move. Connor Murphy being cost, you know, cost effective and and signed for longer and being younger. And the same with Saad as well. And then in the Saad trade, you got Forsberg back which now they seem to be botching that up a little bit too. But um, the uh, I, I, we could all see what the intention was. Whether it's going to yeah. play out that way, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I don't think well, you can Well, the good news is, is that, you know, the back and forth with Murphy does not seem to be affecting him. Yeah. Um, you know, when he comes back in, he plays hard. And he's, I think overall this year he's been pretty good. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't know what it is, why they keep, you know, he moves him right, moves him left, and then he takes him out. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, the other thing that I've heard, though, about that and one of the reasons that Murphy may be sitting is that I did hear from a guy who I trust that um, they're trying to get Kempney and Gustafson as much ice time as they can right now because they'd like to move one or the other before the deadline that they're both being shopped right now. Yeah, could that's be. kind of what I was figuring, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, that's. That's our thoughts on that one. I mean, I'm, I'm still not going to, you know, in the, like I said, in the short term, yeah, it, it hurt the Blackhawks and it doesn't look as good. But I think in the long run, it's going to still work itself out. You can't you can't call it after three quarters of the first season after the trade just yet. And, uh, you know, the Jalmerson thing, I mean, he's been hurt a lot of the year. You know, what if he gets hurt 
you know, the same way with the Blackhawks, and then and, and yeah. you're nowhere, you know. Yeah, you're, I want to wait. I want to wait a year or two on those deals before I, I, you know, proclaim one or the other. You know, a, a boss one way or the other. Yeah, but you can't. You got to, you know, but the assets you got back, Murphy, Forsberg, you know, you, those are the assets you got back and you, you need to do something with them. Yeah, definitely. Um, last question from Andrew Granado. Uh, has Saad and and actually Tays his line, I'm just reading this as he typed it, uh, really been that bad this year? I think their biggest issue is not scoring. I thought they've improved with time, especially Taves. I think JJ said he might have a back issue a while back. Uh, I they haven't played that bad actually. Possession wise, they were actually really good for yeah. a good portion of the season. They just weren't putting the puck in the net. Yeah. Well, and you know the other thing too is that you know the the guy they lost on the other side. And I'm not talking about panic, um, but you know Marion Hosa, it's a big loss. And you know that's the thing we don't talk about that a lot. We talk about Panarin, we talk about Jomerson, but we don't we don't talk about Marion Hosa being gone. But that's a guy who scored 25 goals last year, and yeah. arguably plays you know the best game from the forward position over 200 feet of ice at age 38. And uh, you know, so it's 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 tough. I mean, when you start when these guys start to go down due to, to retirement, injury, whatever it is, um, or their skills just start to erode, it's like. <laughs> You know, there there is no no plug and play replacement for Hall of Fame players. It it's just not how it works. That's why you rebuild. Yeah, well, and and you know that that just goes on the back of what you know, Duncan Keith, pa- uh, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. You don't just replace Hall of Fame players, and those guys are going to all be in the Hall of Fame. And right. uh, you know, it's going to be hard to replace any of those players if those you get are the rid four of them. guys: Keith, Taves, Kane, Hosa. Those yeah. are the four guys you can guarantee are going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So um, yeah. it, it's not going to be easy to replace those guys. It's going to take time, uh, you know, through the draft or whatever. You're not just going to go out there and sign free agents. Right. It's not as easy as just saying, hey, John, or, you, know, or, uh, you know, Tavares is available this summer. We'll just go pick him up. It's not just as easy as just, you know, NHL 18 where you just go pick a guy off the waiver wire. There's a lot more that has right. to go into it. You got you got to go out and get some top 10 picks. I mean, yeah. Um, three of those four guys were top 10 picks. Hosa, Kane, Taves. Keith was a late second rounder, but he's one of those kind of, you know, fluky guys that they didn't know what he was going to be when they drafted him way back when. They, yeah. they weren't sure whether he was going to be a wing or if he was going to be a defenseman or if he would even play in the NHL because he weighed about 138 pounds when he yeah. was drafted. Yeah. Um, you know, so so – but generally speaking, those those super blue chip players are guys you got to get in the top ten. So, if you want to bring those guys along, you're going to have to get those picks. Yeah. Well, it's like I said earlier. We're gonna we're gonna shine a little bit of a light, and it might not be a good light on Stan Bowman's quote unquote expert uh, de- drafting and development that uh, that that we've heard so much about, but I haven't quite seen anywhere. Because, like Mario said, outside of maybe the last two years of the draft. It's been a rough going, so, you know, anyway, I don't know. I think that does it. Uh, you got anything else, Mario? No, I was, I was just going to say to the, to the last question yeah. from, from Andrew, um, you know, I, I haven't felt like Saad or Taves have, have been all that bad. It's just the expectations that they have to produce for the team mm-hmm. is, is what, what makes it seem like, 
you know, they've, they've been underwhelming. I mean, if they were, if they were guys that, uh, uh, you know, were, were, were second line players, they, they'd be able to, to, to make it, uh, make it work. And, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, think twice about it, but, you know, the big contracts and, and, you know, the, the, the key pieces that they're supposed to be to the, to the team, they're not living up to it right now. Jonathan Tays, if he was making 6 million a year, yeah. you know, everyone, no, never, no one would have a bad thing to say about him, but because he's got, you know, such a, such a high, high, uh, priced contract and, and, you know, the standards that, that have been set for him, you know, from, from how he played early on in his career, uh, you know, he, he, Maybe he's just not the same player anymore. Who knows? But um, yeah, they they haven't been bad. It's just the the pucks haven't been hitting the back of the nets. Problem. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that was that was my uh, my two cents on that. But um, and a good yeah. two cents I mean, it was. If, if she, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, with 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 drafting and everything. I mean, Kevin Hayes decided not to sign with with Chicago. That could have made a made a difference um with with draft picks uh you know that's yeah. that's just that's just one but yeah uh, it's it'll be interesting it'll be yeah. interesting to see what uh what the next couple of months bring for the team and um you know until they're mathematically eliminated i'm still gonna a little part of me is still gonna believe that that <laughs> they can pull something out but um my my my, my brain tells me differently yeah well i, I think anyone with half a brain uh, their brains telling them otherwise as well, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I, I think we're and gonna I'd like to think that I have half. <laughs> yeah, we all of us here at at the uh, the dot com have at least half a brain. I will. Uh, that's a hot take. <laughs> Can that be our new? Uh, <laughs> is that our new slogan? Yeah. Yes, it is. So we're gonna get it printed on some t shirts. A greater than sign and point five brain. Yes, greater than half a brain. That's my new thing, and I, I come up with slogans like that. Awesome, cool. One last, one last thing that I wanted to bring up, and our boy Patrick Judge that was on last episode. His question was, why doesn't El Gato just play all the teams by himself? And then the Rockford, uh, the the ever funny Rockford IceHogs account then replied with, "What about him and say a certain coach Ditka?" <laughs> So, yeah. Ditka well, and El Gato, 212. The Winnipeg Jets, zero, my friend. <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think that kind of just about wraps things up for us this week, my friend. Um, that All that said, uh, you can find us all of our wonderful content. That's Mario and John and I and Aaron and all the guys over at the rink, uh, com. You can find us on the popular social media uh, at the rink official. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. Um, the Rinkcast account, which is at the Rinkcast. You can find me on Twitter at Puck and Hostel. You can find my cohort here, Mr. Jekyll at J A E C K E L. And I mentioned a little earlier, but please make sure you're following Mario Terabasi. It's Mario underscore Terabasi. He's on top of everything out there for the uh, the Rockford stuff, so he's doing. Uh, he he he's a saint for uh, for for being able to cover this awesome. and run around on his off time and stuff. So yeah, good stuff. Hey, really tomorrow good stuff. on the rink.com, we're going to have a uh, preview of the Calgary game and the game thread that's going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Gate has foreshadowed uh, 
the first of a two-part uh, article series that he's pulled together mm-hmm. um, on uh, the Hawks drafting of the last few years. And uh, so it'll be a big day on the rink.com. Check in early, check in often. Um, and then our, visit our sponsors, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y. Yeah, they Premium just released a bunch of new stuff. Outfitters. Yeah, they just released a bunch of new stuff too, so. And yeah, soon to come. Be some more new stuff. Yeah, Hopefully we keep teasing so. it. It's coming. The uh, yeah. the the dash rink dot com uh, swag. We're gonna have that all out. So uh, make sure uh, you keep an eye out for that. So uh, yeah. if you get a chance, please he- head over to your favorite podcatcher or iTunes. Rate and review us. Um, I'm also told that uh, if you subscribe to us, that also moves us up the charts a little bit too. So uh, even if it's uh, even if you delete the episode, if it's not one that you're interested in, just uh, subscribe for us. And uh, and that'll, like I said, move us up the charts a little bit. We've gotten really good feedback on a lot of the uh, uh, the past uh, podcasts. We've been getting really good traffic. I'm really, you know, it, it's really uh, we really can't thank you enough for for the support you've given us on the podcast. So uh, uh, I don't really have any more uh, any more plugs except for like if I could. No, no, go ahead. Uh, if I could tease, I got, I got one more thing to, to tease for the podcast. Um, I don't want to drop any any names because nothing's confirmed yet. Uh, but we we are efforting um, at least two former uh, players to get on to the podcast uh, that have been uh, Stanley Cup champions. So that is that is all I can say. It is in the works, uh, but nothing can be confirmed yet. Yes, excellent. Yeah, and- so. And like I, I kind of teased last, we still have actor Jeff Glover is going to come on. Uh, the official film and television actor of the rink.com. And a very handsome man, I might add. Yes. Well, he's got that. He's got the hairstyle, right? Yes. He's got the right. He's got the correct hairstyle. Uh, and guitarist for the band, the metal band periphery, Mark Holcomb. He's going to be on too to talk about his, dealing with being in a band with uh, a bunch of Caps fans. Um, and then also we are going to have Sean Rourke who works at NHL.com. He's going to be on the podcast soon as well. Talk a little bit of metal, but a little, talk a little more hockey. He, he knows this hockey. So, uh, we're going to, uh, all those guests we've got coming up. So, uh, make sure you, you subscribe because we're going to have some good stuff coming up ahead. So, um, so John, I think, uh, you don't have any more plugs though, right? No more plugs. No more plugs. Mario, anything else you want to get in? I'm good. Okay. Well, my last plug is puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y. Use the discount code, the rink, get 10% off all of your orders. Like I said, they got a whole new, you know, a whole bunch of new stuff out there. That's really cool. So uh, check them out. So uh, with that being said, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the rink.